This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again, and we have an episode today that I'm excited to bring to you because today we have someone on the line who's going to teach us about the power of abundance, going to teach us about the power of Uh, overcoming and persevering and just being resilient. And I think where we are in life right now, we all could use a little bit of this because we're going through so many challenges and obstacles every single day. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my brother, Mr. Daniel Mangenta Mangena. Did I get it right on the second one? Mangena? Second one, yeah. Mangena, there we go. Um, (laughs) To the show. Daniel, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Hey, Dream Nation. Uh, I'm Daniel Mangena. I'm a speaker and author from East London in the UK. I get to live in Cabo in Mexico now, living my dream life. I'm really excited to get to meet you guys today as I'm all about the word dream as well myself. So getting to come and connect with dreamers and to inspire them to tap into more of their natural abundance is something I'm really excited to do today. Well, that's what's up, man. So walk us through, you know, um, growing up, as a young child, like, what did that look like? What was your journey like? So my parents were middle class immigrants. They immigrated to the UK in the 70s, about six years before I was born. Um, they weren't economic migrants. They didn't go because they wanted to, like, be refugees or anything. They wanted to get more education because they reached kind of the, the max of where they could. They immigrated from southern Africa. Um, and so I had an education focused Two parents. My dad was in middle management at the time when I was born. My mum worked for local council. So we weren't struggling, but we certainly weren't going on exotic holidays. We'd have a trip back to Zimbabwe once a year. Um, We got our school uniform. You know, we weren't walking to school barefoot or anything like that. But there wasn't there certainly wasn't anything exotic about it. I wasn't diagnosed with Asperger's until I was 27. So a lot of the challenges that I really faced were social challenges based on being on the spectrum. So I didn't really have a lot of friends, but what that meant is I spent a lot of time reading, a lot of sp- spent a lot of time basically improving myself. I read Th- Think and Grow Rich when I was 17 years old. Um, I ended up uh, kind of being obsessed with becoming a successful entrepreneur and really diving into that and trying out certain businesses. I taught myself to make computers when I was 13 years old. I ended up making my first million at 19 years old. Like because actual full-blown computers? From scratch, yeah. Getting the motherboard, getting the casing, getting the sound card. Uh, partitioning the drive, plugging in the, the, the RAM and all the things. So, 
yeah, I was doing that and, and selling those and, and other little crazy hustles that a 13, 14 year old shouldn't be <laughs> really doing. So yeah, it was a, it was an entrepreneur. I kind of had a life gave me this crash course on entrepreneurship and personal development and consciously creating my own reality from really quite young, which set me up for success later and, and, and really laid the foundation for what I get to do with people today. That's what's up, man. So when you when you got diagnosed at 27, what was the mm -hmm. cause of it? If you could walk us back through that, like, mm -hmm. how did you know that you needed to go to a doctor and, and there mm -hmm. was something wrong? What, what did that did that journey look like? So the way that my Asperger's manifests is like most directly is I had very, very, very severe general and social anxiety. So for me personally, little things, I'll give you an example. My son's nine months old. We've got this little jumper thing for him to, so he goes in it, he jumps up and down. And my wife and I started to set up the thing and there was a part of the instructions that wasn't explained properly. You give me anything systemized, I'm fine. But when something's not clear, I literally can start to have a panic attack. And so because it didn't explain how to put this thing on the thing properly, I literally started to have panic attacks and my wife like took the thing away and did it. You asked me to go and solve the debt crisis in a Middle Eastern country or South American country, I'm fine because I know what I have to do with that. I didn't know that this was the case at the time. So I'm going through a world where everything's not mapped out. I was on panic attack, high stress all the time, anxiety all the time. And it manifested with very crippling insomnia that I'd have at least a couple of times a year. I'm talking days and sometimes a week or more when I just couldn't sleep. I was in one of these particular stretches where it was about two weeks and I just, there was no sleep. It wasn't even like a little bit of sleep. It was like, I'm exhausted because I'm literally just an up all night for basically two weeks straight. So I went to go and see the doctor to get some sleeping medication because I tried all the over-the-counter stuff and it wasn't working. So he gave me the strongest sleeping medication that he could prescribe, which is something called Zopiclone. He was only legally allowed to give me three of those pills because it's highly addictive. So he said, you can only take two. So take a maximum of two. He said, take one, that will do the job. I took one, I took another half, I took another half. I was still wide awake. I went back to the doctor. He said, this isn't medical, there's something going on you need to go and talk to someone, I'm going to refer you. The person that he referred me to, a cognitive behavioral therapist, just happened to specialize also on adults with autism. So when I'm going through this work with her and doing some therapy to look at what's affecting my sleep, she's seeing all of the red, the, the, the flashing lights that, oh, this guy might be on the spectrum. She didn't tell me, she was just doing some checks, doing some research, asking me certain questions and going through certain tests with me. And then eventually after about a month, she said, look, I want you to do this specific test. And it showed up that I was heavily on the autistic spectrum. But because of what my gifts are, and because I spent so much time just kind of forcing myself to exist in a mainstream world, it had gone undetected. And it kind of, I kind of sort of force fed my way into bootstrapping being in the mainstream world. Since then, I understood what my strengths are. I understood where I need support. She gave me some great tools in order to move through the world more effectively. And it's ended up being one of the biggest gifts I could ever receive, I think. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and that's, that's so crazy, right? Because we think that, you know, when we think of autism, we all think that you most of the time need to be developed or diagnosed with it when you're a young kid. So then to be mm -hmm. 27. And at mm -hmm. this time, did you have any kids? No, I didn't have any kids. I had my, I had my first son just uh, at the end of last year. So. Oh, nice. Well, congratulations. So thank you. Did you have your wife at the time, though? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. 
Hey, Dream Builder, if you are anything like me, you know the importance of setting goals and achieving those goals. And anytime you find something interferes with that, ultimately it interferes with your happiness. And if that's you, or if you're in a rut right now, I want to encourage you to check out betterhelp.com. Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling that's done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can send a message to your counselor at any time and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses back. Plus, you can schedule weekly, video, or even phone sessions, all without having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. Regardless if you're dealing with depression, grief, anxiety, or anything along those lines, there's a licensed professional just waiting on the other side to help you. And of course, I want to help you as well. I want you to start living a happier life today. And because you're a part of the Dream Nation tribe and as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com forward slash Dream Nation. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash Dream Nation. And you can join over 1 million people who have taken the charge of bettering their mental health. Now let's get back to it. You were in a relationship at the time? At or the time. No? Mm-hmm. I was. I was. Got it. So for you, the reason why I say that is because being at 27 to be diagnosed with something like that, obviously you see the silver lining and now and you see it as a blessing, mm-hmm. but it had to be lonely, you know, well, you did have your now wife or you were in a relationship. Uh, so mm-hmm. you felt like you had someone else. Was that person um, able to, to comfort you the way that you felt like you needed to be comforted? No, but when I look back so I've got my two best friends, Nathan and Jamie, right? I, we met when we were 15 years old. Apart from like cousins, people from my mum's church who kind of had to put up with me, I didn't really have any friends apart from those two because I didn't, I literally don't have the natural wiring for organic relationship building. I don't have it because there's certain pieces of the puzzle that just aren't come, that don't come to me naturally. They can be done consciously, but if you don't know that it's missing, you don't know what to do. So I was socially awkward. I was always putting my foot in my mouth. I was kind of like, not the weirdo weirdo, but like he just doesn't know how to behave in a group of people because I was on high alert and anxious all the time and struggling not to, like I was in a cold sweat. I was like, am I going to mess this up? Like, I don't know how to how to respond to this situation. It was really, really stressful, especially when you're thrown in a group of people like classrooms were a nightmare for me, an absolute nightmare. And that's why I ended up being such a nerd because if I'm just got my head down, do my homework. I don't have to deal with the stress of the social interaction in the classroom. And so even the romantic relationships I'd end up in, it was kind of like, ah, oh, he's cute enough for me to kind of put up with the weird stuff. But then at some point, at some point, his awkward autisticness, which now I know it to be, would kind of kick in. So it'd be like, okay, like we go to like a thing and I'm going to have like, really stressful time if we're going to like a, a thing with friends and all that it just wasn't really conducive to be in long-term relationship so i generally had relationships that would last maybe a month or two it kind of stayed you america just say the dating stage things didn't really progress very far beyond the dating stage into anything serious for me because i had so many challenges forming those lasting connections with people before got it yeah, no, that, and, and I can only, only imagine. So talk to me about then, I'm sure you had to go through a period where you were like, why me? Before you learned to develop the gene or the muscle of abundance. 
Talk mm-hmm. to me about what did that look like? Like, was it a point where you felt like, like I'm just cursed to then you're saying, Hey, you know what? I'm not, or was right when you got it, were you happy? Because now it feels like that you found your solution. You had been trying to figure out what was wrong with you. And so when you found it, did it bring you more relief or did it mm-hmm. bring you more frustration? Well, the thing is, even to the abundance piece, so I made my first million when I was 19 years old, like I said, I threw myself into things and I just kind of kept myself distracted. So creating wealthy wealth, creating success was something that kept me distracted. And here's the thing. When you're a 19, 20, 21 year old that's getting money, people will be nice to you and keep you around because you're getting money. Right. And so I had a lot of sycophants that I understood to be sycophants, but I'd rather at least have I had control over those situations because my use meant that even if I did say something weird, you're not going to be mean because I'm the one that's bringing the money to the table. Does that make sense? And so abundance had actually been yeah. a, a saving grace to some extent, but also been a cesspit of false connections with people, which ended up being to my detriment because the second time I lost everything, people stole everything. So they kept me around until they could learn what they needed to learn or get hold of what they needed to get hold of and then stole everything and ran away. Right. So there was a curse aspect of it that came up when I first understood what was going on. Cause it's like, Oh my God, look at all these problems I've had because I didn't know about this, but it didn't last very long because I quickly saw the power behind it. And again, all credit to Dr. Helen McEwen who supported me through this time because she gave me such powerful strategies and she spent so much time immediately showing me these are your superpowers. These are your strengths and really encouraging me and motivating me to see the bright side of it that I didn't really have that much space, bandwidth to focus on the negative because she put me straight on the positive path and learning how to maximize and leverage my skills and leverage. So even the things like I can learn anything systemized. So because my challenge was social setting, she said, well, why don't you learn more about social dynamics, learn more about people, learn a bit more about psychology. Then it's not an unknown that's going to give you anxiety. You're going to be master. You're going to be a master of it. And I've ended up being a master of learning how to relate to people and how people tick and stuff like that because I went and studied it. Going deeper than learning about meaningful heart-centered connections with people, which I I dove in and studied. And that's created an ability now where what was a weakness is now even one of my great superpowers, being able to connect authentically and deeply with people because I just had to learn about it. Whereas before, the issue is that it wasn't in my awareness. And how many times do we have it in our life, right? Where something that could be a strength doesn't get the opportunity to do that because we're not aware of it. We don't realize the blessings that are sitting waiting to be discovered. Yeah, no. And I think that's so, so true. Talk to me about what were some of those strategies? Like, as you said that you could hear that there was a lot of conviction in it. Do you remember Mm -hmm. like one of the first strategies that she taught you that, Mm -hmm. you know, made you say, wow, like this is pretty powerful and Mm -hmm. I could start to see some light here that I got to keep following through with this. Mm -hmm. The number one thing for me was just understanding. And even like, you know, with the thing that happened two days ago um, with, with Ethan's jumper, it's when I know that I'm not resourced to do something, making sure that I only keep people around me that are ready to lovingly support me when I don't have the resources for myself. Right. So in that instance, like Olga knows, like little things like that, I'm going to, there's a potential for me to stress out. So she stays close. If I'm good, she leaves me to it. And if I'm not, she just steps in and, Okay, don't worry, I've got this. You focus on the other bit and I'm going to do this. Not, you know, shaming you or putting you down or you feeling, oh, I'm embarrassed and I I can't do this little thing. It's like, okay, I don't have the strength here, but I've got plenty of other strengths. 
That doesn't make me a weak person. That doesn't mean that I'm not worthy. It just means that I have my strengths and I don't, I have my areas where I need to be supported. So being open to be supported and focusing on ensuring that I keep people around me that want to step up and actually love me enough to support me in those times when I don't even need, I don't even see that I need the support has been a game changer for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a nugget we can all take in life, right? Mm. That the fact of your network, your environment, the people who you surround yourself with, those cheerleaders, because Mm. no matter what it is, no matter what it is that you're good at, we all have weaknesses, just like Mm -hmm. you said, and we all have strengths. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the times we do look at that to say, oh, man, if I'm not good at something, that means that I'm weak as a person or I'm not Mm -hmm. as worthy. And so Mm -hmm. having those cheerleaders around that could say, yeah, absolutely, you're fine. Let me handle this because I might, Mm -hmm. you know, I might not be able to get it either, but at least it doesn't put the stress onto you. But that also takes a lot of self-confidence in yourself Mm -hmm. with understanding Mm -hmm. I can allow someone else to handle something like, mm-hmm. how did you develop that muscle? Because that been, then turns internal and saying, mm-hmm. it's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of self-love work. A lot of self-love work. I mean, every, after I lost everything the second time, I went through a really, really dark period where, um, you know, I went into suicidal ideation. And the only reason, Casanova, that I didn't actually make a suicide attempt was I thought I had such little self-confidence at the time. I thought, if I try and take my own life now, I'm going to fail. And then I'm going to be a loser who can't even commit suicide properly. That's where I, that's the depth that I fell to in my life. So I had already been doing a lot of work on rebuilding that within myself and loving myself enough to move through those shadow times. So when it got to that, a lot of the foundations of self-love and caring for myself and being compassionate and taking time out for myself and honoring where I'm at, I'd already kind of built those foundationary pieces. And so that was available to leverage when this came in that, okay, this is going to call for some humility. This is going to call for some vulnerability. This is going to call for some self-compassion. I already had that already set up to some extent. Got it. That's what's mm. up. Now, mm. do you still um, do you still see a coach or a therapist or someone like that to help you? Or is it kind of like once you've, you've leveled to the point to mm-hmm. where you do now have this self-love and you mm-hmm. understand what your weaknesses and your strengths are, that mm-hmm. it's like, no, I just need to keep reminding myself, or do you still go talk to other doctors about it, about how ways you can be better? So I, I always have a team of support people that I invest in. Last year, I spent $172,000 on my personal development. This year, we're going to top that this year because we've already probably cleared that in what I've invested in myself this year. I continually do that, whether it's in my business, in my emotional state, in my health, in my mindset, I constantly do that. Anyone that I do work with, I make sure they're aware of where these challenges are for me so that even if they're coming at me from something else, they're supporting me with that. So even if I'm working with a personal trainer and working with someone around health and fitness, I make sure they understand where my shadow spots are so that they can keep a check on it. Because anyone that you're inviting into your space needs to have your six. They need to watch us. They need to have your back on these things. Because as humans, I mean, look, when I tell people this, this is a, a crazy fact. Think about this. You've never seen your own face. Think about that. You've seen a reflection of it. You may have seen a picture of it, but you've never actually seen in the flesh your own face, your own. You don't. You've seen pictures. I've not seen my own back. I've not seen the back of my own head. Like, I don't even know what my own butt looks like, full full profile. I don't know. I've only seen pictures and, 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 and reflections of it. So we are not capable of seeing our whole picture. 
Anyone who doesn't understand the power and leverage of making sure that you're surrounded so all angles of yourself can be seen, often by people who are better skilled at looking for those shortfalls, looking for where those those um, those edges are for you to level up and get more more growth and more more return on on yourself, is missing out on the biggest part of the game. And so I continue to do that, and I will always continue to do that. I will never think that I'm beyond being supported. I'll never think I'm beyond a coach or that I've got it all figured out because I've learned the hard way that anytime you think you've got it figured out is the time that you're in the most dangerous position of having nothing figured out at all. Yeah, man, that's so powerful. And I, I've never thought about that. Just like you said, like <laughs> never, never seen your face. own face. I'm going to, never. I'm going I'm to talk to my wife about that tonight. <laughs> and uh, she'll probably just be like, what? I'm like, you got to listen to the episode. You got to listen to the episode. never seen your own face. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about abundance, right? Because this is another transition. And for a lot of people in life, you know, we can all agree that life could always be worse. Right. And Mm. a lot of the times we focus on the things that we do not have Mm -hmm. rather than the focus, the things that we do have. Right. Mm. Even if that focus that we do have in terms of quantity is not a lot, we do have things of quality in our life. And so talk to me about how were you able to develop in the beginning a mindset of abundance um, and how have you been able to help other people now start to develop that mindset for themselves as well? Mm. I think it's because for me, it goes beyond mindset. It's not just mindset. Mindset is just one piece of the puzzle. One of the things I teach is something I call the flow funnel. And what the flow funnel invites us to do is look at the cross section of reality and who and what we are. So I've got a physical body that moves through time and space. I breathe, I eat, I love, I cry, I laugh, right? But I do have that mind that does dictate. We know that there's the idea of mind over matter. The mind can trigger the body to do things it didn't even think that it was possible of doing. We've seen mothers get super strength and able to rip a car door open and get that super strength to free their child because their mind clicks in and they get that. But then the law also recognizes that I can have crimes of passion. My emotional state can impact how I think, right? So there's this chain that goes not just mind into reality or just hard work into reality, but my emotions impact my mind, which impacts my unconscious thoughts and behaviors that I'm running on most of the time that becomes my world. So what we really do is we look at stepping into an emotional. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Relationship to the idea that I'm worthy of abundance. It's nothing crazy, weird, or unnatural. It's actually the natural state to be. And anyone who doubts, I invite you to take a look at nature. I'm looking at the ocean right now in Land's End here down in Carver. I'm looking at the trees. None of these trees woke up this morning and said, oh God, where's the rain gonna come from? Oh my God, where's my sunlight gonna come from? I don't have enough sunlight. I need to go and invade the bushes next door to get some of their sunlight because I'm not gonna have any of my own. It just is, right? Nature keeps itself in perfect balance with always having enough. If there's a crack in the ground, nature's going to grow through it because that's what nature does. It's always going into more life. Now, humans are a part of nature that have got this egoic thing of thinking that we know better (laughs) with our crazy lack ideas 
or that we don't need this or we don't and I, need, I there's not enough of this i need to go and kill that person over there i need to crush that person in business so that i've got enough i'm not going to show this person all my cards because they're going to try and steal my customers like we've got these really weird outlandish ideologies so a big part of what we do is first and foremost come back to breaking those stories so that we can hold the emotional state of natural abundance so that our thinking matches the unconscious thoughts aren't who can I kill? Who can I serve? Because there's enough for everybody, right? Not how can I hide, but what can I give? Because there's enough for everybody. Then my unconscious habits and behaviors follow from that. I'm behaving as someone that's abundant. So guess what? My reality is going to be that of someone abundant because everything that we're experiencing is a result of that chain that started with the stories that we're holding, the emotional state that it gives us, the unconscious thoughts, and the unconscious habits and behaviors that become our life. Mm, man, I, I love that. Uh, so for you, when you first started to learn this, I would say, was there a book? Was there a, something? Because for a lot of people, when they say, man, I, I, I love that, but I need to, where do I start with my foundation of this at? Mm -hmm. Was there a book that was very instrumental for you as you were first starting to learn it, really who you are and starting to master the, the abundance mindset? There were a lot of books that supported me on my journey, but there wasn't one that really looked at things this way, which is why I started writing and putting my books out there to have that coherent space that people can come to and see in real terms, not some theory or philosophy that I, I wrote about because I thought it'd be cool, but my own lived experiences. And then my most recent book, the experiences of the people that I've supported. So these are real humans that are following this path and getting the results. So it's not just a theory, it's a real life application. But some of the instrumental, for example, in relation to um, the emotional aspect was The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. That was a real game changer mm -hmm. for me on that. In relation to the mind, I would definitely say one of the big ones that I've read in recent years is You Are the Placebo by Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's been a great one to see just how powerful the mind is at creating realities out of ideas that may or may not even be true. It's bonkers what the mind can do. And then in terms of definitely the habits and behaviors, I would say really it's The Way of the Superior Man by um, David Dada, because that really spoke about showing up in integrity, honoring the masculine and feminine polarities, and honoring the flow of what's coming through me, which is a big part of how we talk about showing up in the world, honoring what's going on with that emotions, how it's led into the mind, and honoring and, and working in harmony with what's showing up with our habits and behaviors. Man, so uh, so much wisdom in there, and I can't wait. There's two out of the three that I've not read, but I'm a huge, huge uh, Joe Dispenza fan. Um, so stuff. I'm excited to read the other two. My, I guess my mm -hmm. question, one thing that I wonder is, as you now turn this into a business, a lot of people mm -hmm. struggle. Um, and I know this was something that was a big hurdle for me in the beginning as well, was the becoming a success or life coach, right? Because there's mm -hmm. nothing, yes, there's very tangible results that you can get. But in the beginning, people mm -hmm. can't see, they can only experience, right, the, mm -hmm. the, these things. So mm -hmm. for you, as you as you've now started to really start to master this business and be able to change other people's lives and see the results from it, did you ever struggle in the beginning with saying, hey, I'm a life coach and tangibly I can't really show a result now over the mm -hmm. course of time as they get mm -hmm. better, they'll feel it and they'll experience mm -hmm. it. But was that anything that you ever struggled with as you became a coach? No, because of the way that I approached it. I didn't go for an intangible. One of the reasons why I look at the money aspect of abundance 
isn't because it's the most important thing, but because it's tangible. If I give you a roadmap, a playbook for you to go and create six figures in your life over the next three months and six months, I either do it or I don't. I'm a successful, I'm not. There's no gray area, right? If I say, here's a playbook for you to go and create $1,000 in your life so that you can see that my system works, it's going to show up or it's not. And if you follow it by the book and it shows up, then you know I'm real. And if you follow it by the book and it doesn't show up, you know I'm full of it. So I've got very tangible, the, the, the money aspect gives us a very tangible way to ascertain whether I'm real or not. I've got people that I've made millionaires in less than a year. Like you can taste them, touch them, feel them. I didn't pay, I didn't go on Fiverr and pay someone $5 to be my testimonial. These are real humans that you can actually see that they exist and see their journey and they will tell you what their journey's been and show you their bank account as a result. So at first, I, I showed people that what I'm saying is real by giving them a real target. Here, follow these steps and this will happen. They followed the steps and it happened. That's what my book Money Game is all about. It's a way of showing that tool that I created for instantly manifesting money. Here's a tool for how you can bring it into your life and this is how it works. Go and play the game, go and have fun with it and let me know how it goes. We had done um, a challenge a couple of times, the Money Game Challenge a couple of times. The last time we actually left the videos up so people can, can see the results in real time of people actually following through the system and it happening and then they can play for themselves and, and see so you can see within five days you can see is this guy full of it or not if i say to you go out and do this thing and it works i'm real and if it doesn't i'm not there's no long story i don't have to explain anything i can't wait wait no this happened for sandra um go look at my website for the unnamed unpictured testimonials <laughs> like these are real people with real results there's no denying that it's real Hey, Dream Builder, are your home and auto policies almost up for renewal? If so, and you're looking for a lower rate, I believe I have a solution for you, and it's called Policy Genius. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto rates in one place. They can help you find home and auto coverage similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. And the best part is they've saved customers on average $1,250 per year over what they're already paying for home and auto insurance. Getting started is super easy. First, just head on over to policygenius.com and answer a few questions about yourself and your property, and then Policy Genius takes it from there. They'll compare rates from America's top insurers from Progressive to Allstate to find you the lowest quote. So head on over to policygenius.com to get started right now. Again, that's policygenius.com, and you can find out when it comes to insurance how they help you get it right. Now let's go ahead and hop back into it. No, I, I love it. And so as you are teaching people the money game and obviously the the spiritual and life game, what mm -hmm. do you think that you see as the biggest transformation for why somebody is not getting results to when they start mm -hmm. working with you? Why do they mm -hmm. start getting results? Is it truly the power of belief that they don't think mm -hmm. that it's possible and so they try your specific strategy? Or mm -hmm. is it the fact that they do believe it's possible, they just had the wrong strategy? So again, going back to the flow funnel, that's a great question, but going back to the flow funnel, we teach that there are three things that have to be in play against the backdrop of a clear goal. So whenever, time after time, if someone hasn't got something, they either haven't got a clear goal or the goal that they set isn't theirs, it's what society told them, it's what their mum told them, their dad told them, their pastor, their priest, their guru or whatever said they're supposed to do. So they don't have a relationship emotionally to that goal because it's not their goal. They don't have a heart center connection to it. They're doing what somebody else said that they've got to do. When we start with that and then we click them into, do you have an emotional relationship to that goal? Do your emotions resonate? The emotions you're holding right now resonate with that goal showing up? Yes or no? 
Have you got trauma? Have you got healing to do to allow you to step into those emotions? Yes or no? Click. Then we get into the belief. Do you believe it's possible? Can you envision yourself, you, first person, experiencing this thing? Do you have certainty that it won't happen? Because a lot of people have certainty that it won't happen, sitting in their unconscious that they haven't addressed. Are you open to just maybe just the possibility of it happening? Yes. On to the next one. Are you showing up in your life every day as someone that actually is ready to receive it? Does your environment support it? Or are you doing things that say that it's not true? And this happens in such a micro level. I'll give you an example. An ex-girlfriend of mine, and this is post-diagnosis, so we actually had a real relationship. An ex-girlfriend of mine, she had this rule. She would not allow chipped or broken things in her house. She would not allow chipped or broken things in her house. Why? Because someone that's abundant doesn't have chipped or broken things. Everything's clean and fresh. So anytime anything like that shows up, she throws it away. She blesses it for what it's done for her and she throws it away. She doesn't repair clothes if they get ripped. She blesses it for what it's done and she goes and buys something new. Why? Because she acts as someone that's abundant, right? Simple little things like, you say you wanna be abundant. Do you even have the faintest idea of how an abundant person manages their finances? Have you gone and developed those skills? Do you know who your lawyer is gonna be? Do you even have a bank account that's ready to receive the abundance that you say you wanna claim, right? Do you know, do, does your circle, the people in your environment, do they support you being the person that you want? Or are they speaking to the person that you've always been? And I'm not talking about dropping old friends. I'm just saying, are you moving in circles? You can still, I've got friends, right? Like I said, Nathan and Jamie, we've been friends since we're 15 years old. My friend Nathan, he works on the trains. He loves doing what he's doing. My friend, my, my friend Jamie, he's a police officer. They're not millionaires and billionaires, but I still circle with my millionaires and billionaires. And that doesn't impact me or pull away from me sitting and having a, a beer with my, with my buddies that I've known for 21 years, right? But I do make sure that my environment does include people that are playing at the level that I aspire to play to. In April, I'm going to hang out on Necker Island with Richard Branson and a number of other high-level entrepreneurs. I'm going to be the brokest person on the island. I'm excited about that. I'm going to level up. I'm going to be made uncomfortable. I'm going to learn. I'm going to level up, you know? So are you pushing the edge in your environment? Are you open at least to the maybe? Have you done the work to start dropping those stories of disbelief? Do you Have you done the healing around what you want to achieve so that you can hold the emotions? And is the goal that you're going for even yours? Mm, I love all of that. If, and is there any time that you talk to somebody that mm -hmm. they say like that you, you basically say like, I can't help this person because yes. they're not willing to help yes. themselves. And I give money back. I've given people money back after like a month because they're not showing up. I say, hey, you need to, take care of this, this, and this here. I've had people trying to give me money that I've said, no, I'm not gonna take your money. Go and do this work and come back. And sometimes people have come back and they're ready and will work. And sometimes people come back and saying, you don't even need me now anyway, but that's abundance, right? Even as a business owner, are you running down every dollar because you don't know where the next dollar is coming from? Even if you look at people that have infidelity, we're both married men, right? Infidelity, where does it come from? I need to get this because I don't know where the next thing's gonna come from. I need to get this because I don't have enough love in myself. I need to get the, the energy and the attention from this person to fill me up, that's lack. Like abundance moves into so many different areas of life. And for me, I love that I do this because I wanna do it. If I didn't do this, I'd still be abundant. Whether my abundance was there or my abundance will come from somewhere else. So I'm not chasing it down, but that's living in abundance. When someone comes to me that's not ready to work with me, 
I don't want their money. I'm not even going to be enjoy, able to enjoy it anyway if I'm out of integrity. So you keep your money. Maybe go and work with that person over there and get to a certain level where you're ready to come and do this. Or maybe go and check out these free resources until you're ready to do this. Or maybe you're going to realize you don't need me anyway. But I will not take the money of someone for whom I'm going to be more invested than they are in their success because it's not going to work anyway. That's why my results level, like I've got an un, I've got an unusual success rate because I basically don't bring in people unless they're ready to go harder than I'm ready to go. Does that make sense? And that yeah. speaks into my community as well. I could probably have thousands and thousands of people in my paid communities. I don't, I've got a couple hundred. Why? Every single person in there wants it. Every single person in there is about it. And that means we've got a community and energy of people that are all about it too, which expands it and it and makes it bigger, more juicy and more abundant for everybody that's in it too. And again, that supports us as a people getting the results that we're seeking to get for ourselves. Man, that's, that's so powerful. But somebody else might say, they say, hey, you know what? I do want it. But, you know, there's fear, right? There's mm -hmm. that fear that I have that, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not smart enough. But it's mm -hmm. definitely not that I don't want it because I'm trying mm -hmm. to show up. I'm just not necessarily showing up um, just like you. You said I don't have the relationship gene, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, ju I just don't have it. So for mm -hmm. somebody else that says I don't have this but I'm trying to develop it, well, mm -hmm. are you going to continue to work with that person or are you going to say uh, I'm, not, I'm not the right fit for you? Well, things are, there's different ways like – Someone doesn't have to necessarily come in and do like a 15 grand VIP day with me or come and do like a 40K program. Like we've got $500 programs that you can do in your own time at your own pace. That's going to support you in getting those things ready. So go and do that. I've got free resources. I spend so much time putting out free resources, right? We do very well. I'd say 80% of what we make goes out into supporting people for free. Maybe 70 or at least on a low ticket level doing like a $20 masterclass or whatever thing. I love it. Because for me, that's what the abundance is for. I live in Mexico. I live on like a king on 10 grand a month. I don't need mad amounts of money, right? The only reason why I need a little bit more is my wife's Russian. And every now and then we've got to go to Mexico City and hit up Louis Vuitton. But you know where I'm coming from, right? But, right. but generally speaking, there is so much out there that if you're not ready to make that bigger investment and follow through, don't push yourself to that point. Honor where you're at and let's start moving you to the next level. Maybe I'm going to do a challenge. Maybe you can go and do like a little $20 thing or we're starting to do some more um, regular masterclasses that's giving people some skills bases and stuff like that. I do like an IG live every Friday, like a few hundred people live. Oh, join me on a Friday on Instagram. I do free coaching and Q&A. Like I stay there. You don't have to pay me anything. There's no Patreon. There's no call to action. I'm available. Ask your questions and get your coaching. And there are other people doing that too. Get to a point where you are ready to see the fear and move through it, to face the discomfort and to navigate through it, to feel the unworthiness, but step up and say, you know what? God's blessed me anyway. I'm, I'm going to step up and take it. I'm going to step up and claim what's mine, even in the face of these illusionary stories of lack and fear and doubt and unworthy and do the work of breaking through where I'm at to become more, to step into all that I'm worthy of. So, so much fire there and definitely meeting people where they are. I love mm -hmm. that you said, you know, wherever you are, just pop on social media because a lot of the times we're consuming information, but we're not consuming the information that's going to get us from where mm -hmm. we are to where we want to be. We're consuming mm -hmm. the information that's being thrown in our face. 
Mm-hmm. Right. But you know, you have a goal, you believe that you can achieve this goal, but you're not putting in any action for you to help, you know, manifest that this goal becomes a reality. Exactly. So I love that you said that. Man, this has been exactly. a phenomenal conversation. I guess I, I just got a couple last questions for you. Sure. I think the first one is, you know, um, I always love to ask the question, if there is one thing that, mm-hmm. and especially because here's what I'll tell you. I used to start off asking this question, if there's one thing that you could change. And people mm-hmm. would always say, like, I wouldn't change anything because it's made me who I am today, right? And mm-hmm. I say, ah, but, I mean, we all have something that we wish. <laughs> like, we absolutely all have something. So what I've learned to do, rather than putting up that fight, is I've learned yeah. to phrase it in a different way, right? So I, I say, if there's one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner to mm-hmm. accelerate your path on your dream or your journey to where mm-hmm. you are today, what would that one thing be? Humility. Why? Humility. All the problems I had came from being an unchallenged youth who got everything. So when the adversities came, I didn't have the humility to address them as adversities. I had the ego that said, it's just a bump in the road. I'm still me. I know everything. And it led to more challenges versus, oh, wow. Okay. There's a challenge. I may not be able to do this. Not that I, I can't. I may not be able to do this for myself. Let me have the humility to seek those, seek wise counsel of others to see if even my plan for this is going to be the right thing. If my approach to this is the right thing, maybe seek out someone who's been in the same situation so I can navigate this with more grace. Seeking wise counsel, my my mentor, Greg Reed, he speaks about this all the time. And he's someone that, you know, I love him to bits. He's always available on the phone if I'm going through a thing or I'm now, I don't lift a finger until I've checked it against people that have done it people that want to do it, people have been in the field and it creates so much more yamina, so much more flow, so much more expansion. That's one thing I do desire would have implemented sooner. Not that I didn't have the challenges because they've made it who I am, but I had the humility to accept more support from the universe to others in order to navigate them with more grace and ease. Man, so such fire, humility. I think that's something that we could all have a little bit more of. Mm-hmm. Um, we could all have a little bit more humility for sure. I'm thinking of a couple ways that I could just, you know, show that humility myself and and just asking for help. I think it's mm. just like you started off in the beginning, showing that helpness is not a sign or asking for help is not a sign of weakness, but it really mm. is a sign of strength, right? And mm. you're not robbing other people of their um, opportunity to feel good about helping someone else and exactly. feel fulfilled about mm-hmm. helping someone else. So, mm. yeah, man, it's, again, phenomenal conversation. I want to be the first one if no one else has told you today to say, I appreciate you and thank you for coming and sharing your wisdom, my brother. We'll make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes to everything that you mentioned. But for anybody who wants to stay directly connected with you, tell us Mm -hmm. where can they find you at? I think you guys are going to love this. My website is dreamwithdan.com. Dreamwithdan.com. Easy to remember. Everything's yeah. there, books, social media. I write blogs for Entrepreneur and a couple of other magazines. Everything's on dreamwithdan.com. It's the best place to stay connected. There you have it. But just as he said, Dream Nation, you got to take action, right? Make sure that everything that you're watching, that you're consuming, that you have the belief, that you know you can achieve it, but that you're also putting in action for you to be able to get to that next step. Because you have a dream, as Dan knows, as I know, and as you know, we all have a dream. But if you don't put that dream into action, that dream that you have, it will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one.
That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.